Well, I think I speak for just about all of the priests in the world when I say that August 4th is one of our favorite days of the year because we celebrate August 4th as St. John Vianney's feast day. Now, today we, st we don't celebrate him because he gets bumped by the Sunday prayers, so we're celebrating the Sunday Mass, of course, today. But normally we would celebrate the Mass and use the prayers for St. John Vianney. If you've never heard of St. John Vianney, go home and, and Google him or find a book on him or something, read about him. He's an incredible saint. He's the patron saint of parish priests, and so that's why priests love to celebrate this feast day. He was a priest in about the early to mid-18th century in France. He lived in a little small town called Ars. I've been to Ars. It's pretty much just what you're expecting. It's like in the middle of uh, uh, farm fields, you're driving forever in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden, there's just this little town. They've got like a few shops, a few stores, there's like one school, and then right in the middle of everything is this beautiful, majestic church where, that St. John Vianney built and where he ministered. And his body is still there today, actually. You can go and venerate him. But it's a great story about him because when he got to this small town of ours, it was kind of in shambles in terms of their faith. The people there were living very immoral lifestyles. They weren't going to church, all of these things. But then after St. John Vianney being there for a while, he totally turned the whole place around. He did what a good priest does. He celebrated mass for them. He heard their confessions for up to 16 hours a day. Routinely, he would do that. And it's amazing to me because we have the Be Reconciled Day once a year in the spring. I heard confessions for like 11 hours one day. I was totally exhausted. So to imagine 16 hours a day routinely shows you the dedication that St. John Vianney had to his people. And also, he wasn't afraid to preach the truth to them. He wasn't afraid to tell them that their lives were immoral, that they needed to stop sinning and turn their lives to Jesus Christ. Again, to summarize, brothers and sisters, St. John Vianney was a true father to his people. So much so that the devil would attack him a lot of the time. He would attack him uh, spiritually, of course, but also physically sometimes. And he would speak to him and try and tempt him away from his vocation. But one time, the story goes that the devil appeared to St. John Vianney and said to him, if there were just three more priests like you in the world, my kingdom would fall. If there were just four priests total like St. John Vianney in the world, the kingdom of evil would fall. What an amazing thing that is. That hits me really hard every time I hear that as a priest. It makes me want to be better, of course. It makes me want to be a good priest, a good father. But if we understand what the priesthood is, I think we can see that that's actually a reasonable statement. We think about what a priest does. When a priest is ordained, he is truly configured in a new way to the life of Jesus Christ, to the person of Jesus Christ. When a man is ordained to the priesthood, his soul is changed in a new way so that he can act in the person of Jesus Christ for the people he serves. And Jesus, of course, is the image of the Father given to us in the world. So when a priest exercises his duties to his people, if he's imaging Jesus Christ, who is the image of God the Father, he's truly being a father to his people. That's a beautiful thing, brothers and sisters. That's what I love about this life, is that I get to be a father to all of you. I don't have my own children, but I have spiritual children. I get to be a father in this parish. I get to feed you with the bread of life. 
the Eucharist. Every time we come to Mass, Jesus Christ is made present to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. We can never get closer to Jesus Christ than when we're at Mass, brothers and sisters. And that happens through the words of the priest. I get to provide for your holiness in the sacrament of confession. I get to give you absolution. I get to forgive your sins. And through that sacrament, help you get the grace to keep going out and to live that virtuous life that Jesus Christ calls you to. I get to get up here and speak to you as a father does. And what a father should be doing is giving his children identity. What a father truly does is give his children identity. He helps them know who they are. He helps them know who God is. And he helps them know what their relationship is to God the Father. That's a father's job. And hopefully, I'm doing that. That's what I intend to do up here every time I speak to you. Again, what a beautiful life this is. It's the best life I can imagine. And so that being said, I want to give you a little bit of direction on a specific topic here that we've heard about in the last day or so in our country. Maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, but in the last 24 hours or so, there's been two really egregious acts of terrorism in our country, two shootings. So in El Paso, the last I saw, 20 people dead, 26 injured. In Dayton, the last I saw, 10 people dead, 16 injured. Just terrible, terrible acts of violence on innocent people. And I think two things can arise in us when we see stories like this, which are all too frequent, as we know in our world. Two things can arise in us. First of all, we see that and we get angry. Now, I would suggest to you, brothers and sisters, that's a, that that's actually the appropriate response when we see something like this happen. When we see an injustice in our lives, whatever it might be, but especially something big like these two shootings, we should be angry about it. It should make us angry. That's the natural, that's the good response. In other words, if you saw that and you weren't angry, something's wrong, something's disordered within you. But our anger always has to be ordered towards restoring justice. And so the question becomes, what do we do with that anger when we see something bad happening? We can either turn it in on ourselves, we can harbor it, we can hold grudges, we can plot revenge in our minds. That's when it becomes sinful. Or we can try to love those people. Or we can open it up to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I saw this bad thing. I experienced this bad thing. I'm angry about it. But now I'm going to invite you into it. I'm going to open up my heart to you and let you take that anger from me. I'm going to try my best to love these people even the people who perpetrated the crimes. Because that's what you call me to as a Christian. Jesus Christ calls us to love our enemies. He calls us to love even the people who it's difficult to love. And we can choose to do that, brothers and sisters, even when it's difficult. So I would ask you to please pray for the victims, of course, but also for the perpetrators, that the Lord might have mercy upon them. The second thing that might arise in us is the question simply, why? Why do these things happen? Why do people do crazy things like that? And first of all, there's no really good answer. Sin is always irrational. There's nothing we can truly understand about why people do sinful things. 
But I would suggest to you that somewhere along the way, it was a, a lack of fatherhood in these people's lives. It was a lack of direction. It was a lack of foundation. It was a lack of identity that those people had that made them turn to something sinful rather than turning to Jesus Christ and understanding who they are, who God is, and what their relationship is to him. And so I just want to encourage all of you fathers out there, know that your job is incredibly important. Do whatever it takes to establish that good identity in your children. Be a great example for them. Teach them what is true and good and lead them in the path of righteousness. And now one last um, request I'd like to make to you as your father today. I'd like to ask you that when we receive communion today, I want you to go back into your pew. Please don't leave early. When you receive communion, go back to your pew. Understand that Jesus Christ is truly living within you in the Eucharist. You're a tabernacle at that point. You're the sanctuary of God. Go back to your pew, recognize that presence within you, and pray for mercy upon those people. That the Lord might bless them and welcome them into his heavenly kingdom. Let us continue to love our brothers and sisters. Let us continue to pray for good and holy priests like St. John Vianney. And let us continue to strive to glorify Jesus Christ in all that we do and help others to know who God our Father is. St. John Vianney, pray for us.